Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to message number five in what I love this series, Sanctify Your Family. Set your family apart in your own heart. In other words, determine that, you, that you're going to hold your family in this special place in your heart. You're going to set them apart unto God. You're going to set them apart from the destruction of the wicked one. You are going to set them apart. You're going to be the, you're going to be the gatekeeper. You're going to be the watcher on the wall. You're going to be the friend of God who is ever listening to God, ever listening for the voice of God to speak to you about how to minister to your children and your spouse and, and even really your friends and the people around you. Listen, I cannot tell you how many times, and it's not because I'm, I don't, you know, I don't usually share these kinds of testimonies. I don't really want to share testimonies where I come across like I am the hero of the story because I'm not the hero of the story. Jesus is the hero of the story. I have learned how to show up. I have learned how to be available. I have learned how to keep my heart open. And mainly that came about because as a way of life, I made it a point anytime I felt like God was speaking me to do something, I, I set out to do it. And so over the years, I learned to recognize his voice, learned to recognize when it was him, when it was my emotions and that sort of thing. And I don't mind all the failures that I might have had, but I thank God that I am able to be that person that can be there for my family. I cannot tell you how many times people in my family really avoided incredibly difficult situations, diseases, harm, uh, all, all that kind of stuff. Just so, uh, just because even when they weren't able to hear from God for themselves, because we're all part of the same same family, and as you've discovered, and that there's something unique that happens when when you are one with other people, and you know it doesn't just have to be a blood connection. When you have a close heart connection with other people, it is amazing how you begin to pick up on what's going on with them. You begin to hear what God is saying. You begin to find ways through the Holy Spirit to minister to them uh, mm -hmm. and, and to touch their lives. And so, you know, listen, today, you know, there was a, there was a good friend of mine. I mean, this, this was my, the first person that mentored me whenever I, whenever I was born again. And uh, uh, he went to Iran. This was back in the 70s. He was with the military. He went there. And so he donated his house for me to live in. Now, at the time, this is when I was a street preacher. There's not any money in street preaching. And so so uh, uh, he donated his house. If I would take care of it, uh, that I could live in there rent-free for a year. And so I did. So when he would come home, when he would come home from overseas, he would come and stay there at his house uh, with me and my and my family. And so uh, one night he came into our house. This guy was allergic to wheat. I don't even know what all he was allergic to. I don't know how he stayed alive. He could eat so few foods. And he had such violent uh, reactions uh, whenever, whenever he would do this. He'd end up in the hospital if he ate something that, that he was allergic to. And I'll never forget, uh, I had these girls that traveled with me and sang. And 
and we were getting ready to go on a trip. So they had come, they had come here to Huntsville. We were sitting around the house, worshiping and praying and knock at the door. And there he is. And he comes in. I looked up and I saw him. And the minute I saw him, uh, I, I recognized that he needed deliverance from this situation. And right then, right there, I spoke to him and immediately he got set free and immediately he began to eat anything that he wanted to eat with absolutely no repercussions. Now, this is a really interesting thing here because we have to get people, and I'm sharing this with you for a reason, even when we minister to our family, even when we're a part of bringing something miraculous to their lives, we've got to get them to the place where they don't make us the hero of the story. We want them looking to Jesus. We want, want to do everything that we can do to teach them how to walk this out. You know, I heard Brother Hagin say this one time. I thought it was so insightful and so wise. He said when he would when he would find somebody that was sick, he would never pray for them. He would never minister to them for healing until they were believing it in their own heart. One of the things that I took away from this, and I did this when I was in street ministry. I did this when I did jungle crusades. I did, I've done this when I do hospital visits. And that is when, I, when I'm going to minister to somebody, I require them to use their own authority, not to rely on me to use my authority. I want them, if they're a believer, to use. Now, if they're a non-believer, I'll use my authority. If they are a believer, I'm going to get them to use their authority so that they know that this is something that's happening between them and God, not between me and God and them. So I'll never forget that guy. I mean, I'm telling you, he was instantly healed. It was really interesting. He did. He had a very conservative background and really even though he believed in healing, he loved all the stuff that he saw happening under my ministry. He loved the fact that people were getting saved, but he never took on that faith for himself. And so he spent a couple of weeks there with me and he ate everything he wanted, never got sick, never broke out, never swelled up, nothing adverse ever happened. And so when he got on a plane to go back to Iran, uh, on that plane, they brought his meal out to him and he was getting ready to eat. And he said, the thought crossed his mind. I don't know if I can do this because Jim's not here in case something happens. And from that point forward, he reversed everything that God had done in his life. So I want you to understand when you're ministering to your family, whether, whether you're doing it through intercessory prayer, whether you're doing it for, through using your authority, you want to bring them to the place to where they use their authority. You know, I have an interesting little book. I'm not offering it with this series, but you can check it out. It's called Supernatural Ministry, and it goes into how to lead people to Jesus, how to lead people to baptism of the Holy Spirit, how to get people, take people through deliverance, how to get people healed, and it just breaks it down in the most simple, practical, fundamental uh, ways that you can imagine, and if you're, planning on, if you're planning on ministering to your family a lot, after you read this special bundle that I've got for this series called Pray the Way Jesus Prayed, then you might want to get that book and consider just developing your skills and some of these things about how to get people to use their authority. Now, listen, today I'm going to show you something that you can do for your family that the average person will never do, number one, because they don't believe it, number two, because they haven't really set themselves apart unto the Lord Jesus to become a disciple. See, a disciple not only does what the master does, he believes what the master believes. He he, he, he does it the way the master does it. He, he is not just trying to get information from the master. He wants to live the life that his master lived. 
And I'm telling you, I want you to be able to pray like Jesus prayed. I want you to be able to use authority like Jesus used authority. And I want you to be able to minister your, to your families in way, ways that supersede anything that you have ever, ever, ever uh, experienced. So we're going to be talking about interceding for our families. And uh, I'm going to share some scriptures with you to help, help you understand some things, help you understand how to get miracles and how to get healings for, for your families and how to exercise authority. Now, most of the time when we pray, we spend most of our time, and you'll discover this when, you know, I've got, uh, I've got a couple of books that, that are, are going to be available in this bundle. This one's called The Keys of the Kingdom, and this is where you learn how to use authority exactly the way Jesus did. Then we got another one called that's with this called Heaven on Earth that teaches you uh, how to establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth, so that here in this life you begin to have resources. Now this 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 doesn't replace the eternal kingdom of heaven. This doesn't replace the uh, the millennial, the thousand year reign of the Lord Jesus. But it shows how in your own heart now in this life, man, you can have heaven here on earth. But most of what we've been taught to pray and how we've been taught to pray. Uh, we we pray in ways that Jesus said, "Don't pray like that." You know, you know, Jesus said, "Don't think because of uh, of how many words you're saying, and in other words, how long you're praying. Don't think that that's going to get your prayers heard. It doesn't." But we are taught that we believe that we think if we'll pray pray longer, louder, harder, that somehow or another we're going to prevail on God to do this as it, as if. He doesn't want to do it. God wants to do it. God wants to answer our prayers because he is glorified. But also, we asked we asked Jesus, we asked God for things that he has already given us. So if we're asking God for things he's already given us, then basically this is not a prayer of faith. This is a this is a testament of unbelief. This this is a declaration of our doubts and of our unbelief, and we ask God to give us something that he has, in fact, already given us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, uh, when we ask him to give us what is already ours, we're really counting as nothing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We're, we're treating it as if he hasn't already given us all of these things. And then, even worse, then we ask him to do things for us that he told us to do. See, we fail to understand that we are God's delegated authority here on planet Earth. When God created, after God created everything, the very last thing that he did was he created man in his own likeness and image, gave man dominion over planet Earth. In other words, he gave all authority to man. This is why Jesus said that he worked miracles here on planet Earth, not because he was the son of God, he was able to work miracles, get people healed, and do supernatural things because he was the son of man. And he was a model to us to show us how, because we are the sons of man, if you will. We are born of the human race. And Jesus wanted to show us what it would look like when a man, a real live human being, he was the son of God, but he emptied himself. And he manifests himself here on earth as the son of man. He never did one single miracle uh, by his innate power or innate capacity as the son of God. He always did it as a man, according to Acts 10.38, that was yielded to and that was relying on the Holy Spirit. You know, Mark the 12th chapter, and I'm not going to go into it, but Mark the 12th chapter is an overview of uh, a planet earth 
and the fact that God owns planet Earth and man has authority in planet Earth. Man represents God here. It says in Mark, uh, Mark 12, one says, a man planted a vineyard and set a hedge about it and dug a place for a wine vat and built a tower. Now listen to this. And then he leased it out to vine dressers. See, God leased planet Earth out to us. He gave us authority here, just like you would have authority if you leased a house from somebody. But he is still the owner, which means we are delegated authority. We are supposed to express th authority based on what he has what he has said and based on what he has done. So, so you can go read that for yourself. You know, one of the one of the great one of the first pillars of faith is the fact that we have authority. We did not lose authority. There's no place in the Bible that says we lost authority when man sinned. We just started using it for corrupt reasons. What we did lose was our identity. We lost our sense of who we are. We lost our sense and our realization that we were here to be God's ambassadors. You know, John 14, 12, which we looked at, I think, last in the last message, where Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the works I do, shall he do also, and greater than these. I want you to understand, if we're going to do what Jesus did, this doesn't just mean we're going to do those works, but we're going to do them the way that he did them. Now, when you look at Jesus' ministry, you see that Jesus really never prayed when he was casting out a devil, when he was getting the sick healed, when he was working a miracle, when he was raising the dead. He never one time prayed and asked God to do anything. He used the authority that belongs only to a human being who is acting in behalf of God the Father. You know, uh, in, in Mark 16, 18, uh, it goes down this list of things that believers will do. And one of the interesting things, it says, they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It did not say they would pray for the sick and they would recover. It didn't say they would lay hands on the sick and pray for them and they would cover, recover. It said they will lay hands on them. Uh, and Mark, uh, excuse me, Matthew 10. And this, it was amazing. This was before Jesus was even raised from the dead. So you start realizing, oh, well, wait a minute. This means that man always had authority. Even before Jesus was raised from the dead, man had authority on planet earth. Matthew 10, 7, Jesus tells his disciples, he said, as you go, he sends them out in the cities. He says, as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And listen to this. He didn't say pray for the sick. He said, heal the sick. He didn't say pray for lepers to get cleansed. He said, heal, cleanse the lepers. He didn't say pray for the dead to be raised. He said, raise the dead. He didn't say pray for demons to come out. He said, cast demons out. And then he said this, freely you have received, freely you have given. Man, I will I will never forget standing on a, uh, on a small rickety platform in the middle of the jungle in the Philippines when a man you know, with leprosy came down and I'm telling you, he had sores all over him. Uh, it was, it was frightening to lay hands on him. It was frightening to touch this man, but I laid hands on this man. I touched him and I didn't ask God to do anything. I spoke to that situation. I demanded that that sickness leave him. And in just a matter of minutes, his skin cleared up and he was totally and completely healed. Listen, I'm not speaking from theory here. I want you to understand, and again, I'm not trying to make me the, the hero of this story. I'm just telling you that I have seen every healing and miracle 
in the New Testament, many of them I've seen dozens and dozens and dozens of times, every one of them. And they didn't happen because I prayed for things to happen. They happened because I used my authority. And I learned how to use authority in ministering in crusades and ministering to people in, uh, uh, out on the streets. I learned how to do this at home by praying for and ministering to my family. You know, we have a really interesting situation, Matthew 8, uh, uh, five, you know, five and, and the following verses where, where the centurion come, comes to Jesus. And he says, look, my, my servant is at home sick. And uh, Jesus, is, Jesus says, well, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll come with you. I'll go to your house and I'll heal him. And this centurion said something that was so profound. It amazed Jesus. And later Jesus said, I have not seen this kind of faith anywhere in Israel. See, religious people have been influenced religiously. We're, we're, we're afraid to use authority. Most of what we believe about God is something that came out of the occult or came out of cult. It's, it's about formulas and, and, and saying things properly and praying the prayers a certain way. Uh, it's more about magic than it is really about miracles. And so, so Jesus said, I, listen, I'll, I'll come to your home and, uh, and this guy will be healed. And so very interesting, the centurion said to him, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. I mean, after all, he was not a Jew. He was not a believer. But here's what he said. But speak the word and my servant will be healed. He says, look, I understand authority. I'm under authority. I have soldiers under me. I say to this one, go. And he goes, I say to that one, come. He comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. In other words, he says, I know that when there's real authority, you don't have to show up personally and do anything. You don't have to have any kind of ceremony. I know that the moment you speak this word, that is absolutely going to come to pass. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And, and it came to pass. You know, even when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he didn't ask God to do anything. Uh, and, and, and John 11, man, I love this. Verse 41, uh, Jesus is praying. He says, Father, I thank you that you heard me hurt past tense so evidently jesus and the father had already talked something about this over and by the way let, let me say this when i get ready when i go to the hospital to pray for somebody uh and first of all i don't go if they don't call me if they don't ask the bible says to call for the elders church pray for you uh unless god speaks to me or unless they call and ask i don't go because if they don't call and ask it means that they're not ready they don't believe anything's going to happen or they don't want me to be the one to do it and i'm i'm, I'm all right with that but when I get a phone call and asking me to come and pray for somebody, or when I begin to get somebody on my heart, one of the things that I am going to do, I am going to get in my heart zone. I'm going to get into a, a prayerful meditative state. And I'm going to, and I'm going to wait on the Lord and I'm going to see what is going to happen when I get there. I'm going to see the end from the beginning. I'm going to know what's going to happen before I ever walk out the doors of my house. And when I walk into that hospital room, or if it's one of my kids and I walk into their bedroom, I am going to know what is going to happen before I ever go in there. Now you say, man, I've never heard of anything like that. Well, let me tell you something. You can do that. I am not the hero of this story. There's nothing special about me. Uh, honestly, I've, I've always felt like I was unqualified to do almost everything that I did. And that the only reason God used me is because I made myself available and believed the truth about him. So, so I don't know what Jesus and the father talked over before the situation, 
I know what I would have been talking over. And I know that I would have, uh, until I was sure about what was going to happen, I wouldn't go. So verse 42 says, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. In other words, this, this conversation I'm having with you right now, God, this really isn't to get you to do anything. I'm having this conversation because they need this. They need to see that I am relying on you. And there have been times I've done this very thing when I would be out in front of groups of people, when I would be somewhere, in, in, like I say, in the middle of a jungle doing a crusade or some, somewhere where people were surrounding me. And I don't want them to look to me. I don't want them to think there's anything special about me. I want them to think there's something special about Jesus. I want them to think there's something that is about them that is just as special as anything there is about me and that God will do for them exactly what I'm modeling because all I'm doing is I'm copying what Jesus did. And so it says, now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped. Da, 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 da. So he didn't pray. He never said, God, bring forth a Lazarus. Lazarus, he didn't say, God, in the, you know, I pray in my name. I pray that you're going to touch him. Let your anointing fall. You know, I, I, I was flipping through television today and I just ran across a Bible teaching program. I thought, oh, I'm going to see what this guy's got to say. I'm telling you, by the time he got through just praying his opening prayer, I just turned it. I thought, this is too religious. I can't take it. He prayed every way. He said every combination. He used every spiritual formula you could use. Uh to, to make sure that God's anointing was going to be on him and all that kind of stuff. Listen, uh, we are ambassadors for Christ. We, we can do everything that Jesus did. And Jesus never prayed for a demon to come out. He never prayed for a person to get healed. He spoke to the situation. Now, very quickly, let me address this because now I'll go into incredible detail in this for all of you who ordered the bundle. And I'll tell you what I'm probably going to do. I'm probably going to record a special message, a bonus message that I'm going to send out to all the people who order the bundle uh, to talk to you just about some of my personal experience and, and ministering to my family and to some of my friends and some of the incredible miracles and healings that I saw that you can see with yours. I want to do everything I can to bolster your confidence. But listen, this is going to be a journey. This is going to be a walk that I'm giving. I'm sending you the tools so that you can make this journey. Now, Jesus, everything that Jesus believed about God, he got out of the scripture, what we call uh, the Old Testament. And the scripture, of course, was written originally in, in uh, Hebrew. And so every, all of Jesus' understanding about God was based on the scripture from the Hebrew language. Now, the, there's a word pray or prayer in the Hebrew language, which is actually the most common word that is used in the Old Testament for prayer. And this word is really, really interesting because this word means to judge or to assess something. In other words, so you're going to judge it or you're going to assess it. You're going to judge it to determine, is this legal or not? Is this legal or is this illegal in my life or in the life of this person that I'm, that I'm ministering to? And if it's, uh, and whatever you've got to do to reconcile it, to bring that person into harmony with what Jesus did for them at the cross, that is what you're going to do. And you're, you're not going to ask God to do it. You are going to speak to it. You are going to use your authority as a believer. Now, as quickly as I can, I know I'm running through this really, really fast, but this will make a lot of sense to you when you read these 
uh, two books that I've got on prayer, particularly the, this one on the keys of the kingdom. Matthew 16, 19, Jesus is walking along with the boys. He said, look, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom, not the keys to the kingdom. This is not about how to get in the kingdom. He says, and whatever you bind or declare to be unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. So everything that Jesus bound through his death, burial, and resurrection, everything that he determined to be illegal for us. Well, what is illegal for us? Any of the curse of the law is illegal for us. It's illegal for the devil to touch us. It's illegal for, for certain things to happen to us. And But remember, if we don't exercise our authority, if we don't understand that, if we don't believe that, then the real truth is we will let it happen. These things don't happen because the devil has power. These things happen because we have unbelief about who we are uh, in, in the Lord Jesus. So, so he says, so, so whatever you declare to be unlawful on earth must be what is already unlawful in heaven. And whatever you declare to be lawful on earth must be what is already lawful in heaven. So what's lawful in heaven? What well, what's lawful in heaven? It's lawful that all the promises of God are yes, yes and amen if you're in Jesus. It's lawful that you have, you have been delivered from the kingdom and power of darkness and that you receive the inheritance of the kingdom of the light because you're in Jesus. So when we know what has happened through the death, burial, and resurrection, what was declared lawful, what was declared unlawful, and we look at our life or we look at the lives of people that we are praying for, and we realize that, let's say that something's happening to a person, that Jesus is part of the curse. Jesus uh, uh, set them free from that curse. Then now we're, eventually we got to get them to use their authority. But when we start out, the way we're going to be praying for that person is we're going to be speaking to that situation and we're going to demand based on the finished work of Jesus, that that thing, that that curse, that thing that's illegal, depart from them. And then we're going to call forth that which is legal, which is life and blessing and, and joy and peace and all those things. Listen, God wants you to know who you are. He wants you to understand the authority you have. He wants you to use it. So be sure and look at this special bundle, how to pray like Jesus prayed. And this is the way Jesus prayed. You never see him pray in any other way. If we want the same results that he got, we got to pray the same way that he prayed and use uh, our authority. And don't forget, if you want to help us raise up one billion disciples around the world, go to impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com and look under the look under the tab for world changers because we are we are training leaders, ministers, teachers, preachers all over the world to be able to take this message to the ends of the earth. We would love to have you help us because. Listen, we want to get the world ready for Jesus to come back. We want, we, want, we, we want to reach the ends of the earth as much as we can. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Order your bundle, and I'm going to send you a special bonus message after you get your bundle on this. All right, guys, blessings to you. I'll be talking to you again soon. Man, I got a great series that's starting right after this series about entering the holy of holy, and I'm telling you, it's something that I have prayed on, rolled around, thought about, meditate on, studied the scriptures on for decades. And only now do I feel a release to be able to share this with you. So, so be sure and stick with me. Share this with all your friends. Blessings to you in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com 
with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.